I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. Hi, this is Kate. And today we have a really special episode for you. We have our friend Belinda Rosenboom. Let's just start again. Rosenbloom. We need to start again. No, that's good. We can continue. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Let's she see. has a website called Own Your Money with Belinda Rosenbloom. We got it. You know, we make mistakes. It's okay. We can come back from them, Kate. All right. This is your opportunity. Go. Okay. So she's a CPA and wealth expert who helps you take the worry and fear out of money. She believes life is supposed to be fun and money is supposed to fund it for you. Belinda left her thriving corporate finance role to found ownyourmoney.com in 2007 and lead a movement to change our entire perspective on money. So we release the overwhelm and shame, take control, and learn the needed skills to be confident with money. Belinda is the creator of the Money Makers Academy, a monthly step-by-step program that quickly shows you how to make more and save more money without the confusion, overwhelm, and stress. This is teaching you the essential money skills and mindset that you might assume everyone else knows, but actually very few people were ever properly taught. You can even begin to shift your money destiny in her new free online workshop, and you can learn more over at ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate. She's also the co-author of the book, Self-Worth to Net Worth, 12 Keys to Creating Wealth Inside and Out offering a step-by-step approach to help you build your financial self-esteem and manage your own financial life. If she's not talking about financial freedom, Belinda is likely enjoying the sunshine and chasing after her marathon-running husband and two spirited toddlers, which Penelope has been the grateful recipient of many, many hand-me-downs from Belinda's little girl. So Penelope basically wears all of her wardrobe. (laughs) So that's awesome. So thank you, Belinda, for being with us. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. We talked about how to have those difficult money conversations, especially with parents and spouses, like about estate planning and some of those conversations that really need to be had. So she gave two super helpful tips on that that were a perspective shifter for me. She gave us the first step to take to find financial stability And she and I are actually going to co-teach a webinar coming up on June 20th, which is four simple steps to creating financial stability and wealth. And so I really hope you join us for that. You can, again, same link, ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate. In the podcast, we also talked about the money date and what to do during the money date. And Mike and I have shared what we've done over the last 18 months to pretty dramatically change our financial life and to be able to buy a home that is like, I'm still totally blown away that we can buy this home and how to change your money story. And then we talked a little bit about working with your spouse at the end of the episode. And Belinda also shared her incredibly inspirational personal story about how she started to get into financial recovery from being a financial avoider after being in charge of her family's finances at the age of 21 due to a health incident. So I think you're going to love the episode. I learned a lot and I left feeling really inspired to get even more savvy with my finances. How about you, hon? I am in savvy, inspired, financial savviness, inspired. No, that doesn't make any sense. The end. Yes. It was a really good conversation. Like Kate and I have been doing a lot of this work over the last few years. And it was great to have another perspective because it's also good to just hear 
what someone else is going through and how they're actually doing it. And she's very confident with her ability to teach people on this. So that came through very clear. And that's sometimes where I would say I don't feel 100% confident in what we're doing in our money journey, which is something I'm continually working on and getting better at. But it was great to hear Belinda because she was just like, yeah, this is the way you do it. This is how things are growing. This is how the business is, you know, for her. So it's been pretty cool. It's a great podcast to interview her. And I'm happy about that. Enjoy Belinda. All right. Welcome to the Kate and Mike show. Hi, hon. What's up? We have our friend Belinda here, and we're so excited to be talking money with Belinda Rosenblum from OwnYourMoney.com. So hi, Belinda. Hi there, Kate and Mike. Thanks for being here. Hello. Yeah. So, you know, right before we started recording, we were just talking about, you know, and this is for all of you entrepreneurs out there. This is a really important conversation. We were talking about a webinar that we're going to be co-teaching coming up on June 20th. And I'll just say you can learn more at ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate, which I will talk about later. But Belinda was asking, well, you know, do you think it's like too much focused on like the positive result and not enough focused on sort of the pain point, our topic? And because often people are motivated more to take action because of pain than they are to take action moving towards pleasure, which I totally agree because that's human psychology. So I was about to, and we'll kind of like get into the conversation, but I just wanted to share with you, Belinda, and then we'll share with everyone else too. I was listening to a great episode of the Mind Your Business podcast with our friend James Wedmore and Phoebe Morocek. And I think, I can't remember what the episode was, but we'll link it in the show notes. And it was about basically like picking what business to start or picking what product to sell or something. But basically what was so huge about it is that he talked about as an example that it might not be the best idea to be running a ton of Facebook ads or running a program focused on debt because then you end up with all people on your list and in your community who are in debt, which you may want to serve them and help them. But at the same time, just from a long-term business planning perspective, that can be problematic. And I was like, I was like, hold the phone. Like That's what we've been doing because our ongoing webinar that has been going on for the Money Love course has been about eliminating debt because when we surveyed our audience, that was the number one financial challenge that they were having. But in that moment, Belinda, just to come full circle, I was like, we have to stop filling our list with people who are raising their hand identifying as being in debt. Not because I think that there's necessarily anything inherently wrong with being in debt, but because I really realized I want to focus moving forward more on abundance attraction and wealth creation because there's a vibrational shift that happens, even if it's the same person, when we go from focusing on getting out of debt to creating financial stability, let's say, or even wealth, you know, as a step past financial stability. So my quick answer to you, Belinda, is no, I don't think the topic of the webinar <laughs> is too focused on sort of the pleasure point because I'm really interested in attracting an audience from a business perspective of people who would raise their hands as, yes, I desire financial stability as opposed to, yes, I want to get out of debt. Even though those things may sound like the same thing, there is a perspective shift. So 
that's what I have to say. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we are doing a webinar <laughs> together and it's called Four Simple and Essential Steps to Financial Stability and Wealth Creation, which just when I say financial stability, I have a feeling in my body of like relaxation. It's what like do you, you can breathe? Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Financial stability. Yeah. So Belinda, to start off with, what does financial stability mean to you? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like, you know, just like you just started talking in terms of it bringing a sense of ease and peace, because I feel like especially for entrepreneurs, there's such a roller coaster ride that you feel like you may live on in terms of inconsistent income. So part of it is learning how to generate more consistent income for yourself. And so there's the income side and then there's the expense side. So it's truly understanding What do you spend on a regular basis? And then there's lots of items that you don't necessarily spend on every month, but that they happen every year. And so then I'll also talk about how you can map your money in a way that things don't have to surprise you in the way that they often do. Like, you know, that P's birthday is coming up, I want to say in September, right? Yes. That's great memory. Thank you. And <laughs> well, your birthday is on my wedding anniversary, you know. So oh, I it is stuff like that. I know. Oh, anyway. that's nice. What a great wedding anniversary! First day of spring. <laughs> Love it. Perfect day for a new beginning of a marriage. Exactly our thought process before <laughs> I was even in origin. Like, go figure. I love it. Anyway, so I feel like there's this place of feeling confident and feeling like you know what you're doing. There's so much around money that people live with so much shame that they don't know what they're doing and everyone else must know Mm -hmm. because it seems like everybody else knows what they're doing and is doing better than me. Like that's a lot of what I hear. And then you compound that with some of the old stories around I'm not enough and I'm not worthy of love and I have to prove myself and I have to work hard. And all of these things just make us work harder but not necessarily actually have any money left for ourselves. So I want to see people be able to fund their fun and fund their life as well as provide for themselves in the future. It doesn't have to be an or, but one of the things that we do end up doing when I teach these four steps and when I teach the you know follow on program is actually helping people get out of debt. Like I totally appreciated your point about you know, not attracting everybody with debt. I actually did a ditch your debt challenge and I found something similar myself. Did you? And now, and how I give the challenge as a mini course within the program. So like as soon as you join the academy, then you get this course because I've literally had people within four months, 10 months, pay off $18,000 in debt. There'll be a live cast actually happening just after our webinar. And like, this is real, like it's possible. But one of the first steps that you have to do is be willing to commit to the financial stability and wealth creation, like commit to a better life for yourself. And then we can go start to make it happen. Like then you're actually open to the learning. Yeah. Well, I'm really interested in that sort of subtle shift from, you know, wanting to get out of debt and making that your goal to financial stability and wealth creation and that commitment to a better life. So from a mindset perspective, what do you think? So I'd actually first love to know about your own story and what was that turning point for you? Because I know you've shared that, you know, as a CPA, it's one of those things. It's like (laughs) you have all the training (laughs) and you're like doing it for all the other people. But then there were some moments of financial avoidance for you. So I'd love to know about what was the turning point in your own life when you decided for you, you wanted more peace around your finances. 
without going too far back, <laughs> it's not like when I was seven, that's where it all starts. But when I was 21, my father actually had a stroke and he was only 59. I had just graduated college. Uh, ironically, I had just taken the CPA exam a few days before and it just rocked my world at the time. And I mean, understandably, my sister just started college. She was only 18 and my parents have been divorced for years. And so a lot of it ended up on me. And in some ways it made sense because I had been an accounting major and my sister just started college. So she wasn't going to be much help in this area. <laughs> she was like, I got to go figure out college. Good yeah. luck. And so I became chief financial officer at 21 wow. of our family. Like that was not something that I had really wanted. And so amidst of your trying whole to get, family. well, of all of our family finances that my dad handled. And so, and for those people who say are married and their partner handles it, it was kind of like that with me and my dad. Like I was just coming out of college. He was handling everything for our family and I was living with him at the time. And so I didn't really know what was where, nor did he even really keep track of it in a particularly organized way, which is another reason I think why I'm so passionate about teaching people how to organize their paperwork and organize their finances. Like literally I wouldn't know about bills until they came in the mail. I hadn't been the one handling it. Right. And I don't want that for any of our partners out there or even any of our children that have aging parents. So all of a sudden I'm put in charge of the family finances. I'm trying to keep track of him getting the care he needs, getting him stable. And then I kind of pieced it together, like kind of band-aided it. And then over the next seven years, I was able to grow my career. I worked at one of the big accounting firms. And just to make a slight correction in what you had said, even though I was an accounting major, and there may be a lot of people who are in finance, you know, that listen to you, that we don't necessarily ever get taught personal finance yes. in the day-to-day -day kind of way. Like, sure, I could, like my biggest clients were Colgate Palmolive, like, you know, the toothpaste company. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I was talking billions of dollars, right? right. Like, you know, your dinner out was like rounding, you know, I mean, it didn't even make it on the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the meals yeah. and entertainment was like point, you know, right. a, a very tiny thing. But the point is that like, when it came to my own money, no one had ever taught me how to handle it for myself, let alone how to handle it for my family's finances. So then we get to 28. Now I had been focusing on my career. I was on the road pretty much Monday to Friday every week. So I leave Monday morning, I come home Friday and I would be greeted by this huge stack of bills and mail. Mm. And I would pick it up. <laughs> Some people are probably nodding their head and can relate to this. And I would find any free surface in my house. <laughs> so it would be like for a little while, it was like the table when you walked in and then it was a basket and then it was a dining room table and then it was a desk. And when I was home on the weekends, I would want to see him and I'd want to see my friends and maybe work out. And handling all of these finances wasn't really top on my list of things I wanted to do. And partly because I didn't have any kind of system. So it all felt very hard and confusing and pretty overwhelming. So now rinse and repeat every week. So now you can see how this stuff would start to pile up. So one day, my younger sister very innocuously said to me, Belinda, how are things going? I know you're on the road a lot. I know everything was going fine, but like, do you need any help? And in that moment, it was like this dramatic pause. Like I couldn't keep living this lie anymore because I knew that things weren't really handled. Like some of the big stuff was getting done, but there was a lot of stuff that just was getting pushed aside. So I said, you know what? Let me come back from this trip. I'll look at it when I get home Friday night and I'll get back to you this weekend. And she was right. It was a lot. Like it was eight bank accounts, four credit cards, two properties. 
I mean, you could have added a partridge in a pear tree and it would have been complete. (laughs) So do you consider, sorry to interrupt you. I just, I'm curious about like the bigger stuff was getting handled, but the smaller stuff was not. So what is the difference between the two of those? Sure. Like the nursing home was getting paid for. Yeah. That's like a big thing, right? Like I wanted to know I wasn't going to get kicked out of the nursing home. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is for some estate planning people. Like we didn't have long-term care insurance. And so we had to pay a lot of it out of pocket. So it's a little yeah. PSA, I guess, for that. Yeah. You know, in terms of recognizing, like just being real about your health and about your parents' health and having those conversations when you need to. Again, I was so young that my dad was 13 years older than my mom. So it just didn't occur to me to have some of those conversations when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us in the sandwich generation, we're more grown up and we can have these conversations. We just have to learn how to have them. So part of what I also teach through my coursework is how to speak up and how to have those honest conversations with money that maybe in the past you pushed aside. And then you'll be amazed at how each one of those conversations is almost like a money making opportunity for you. But OK, side, okay, side we're bar. coming. We're coming back to that because I really want to give some people I want to give people a couple of tips, including me, about how to have those conversations. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Okay, so now I come back to my house and I collect all of the bills and mail into one place. (laughs) Some people may know how scary that can be. So I put it all on, on my dining room table. And literally, it was three huge stacks or almost like mountains of mail and bills and statements that were pretty much taller than I was at the table. So I lasted about three seconds sitting down looking at all of those <laughs> and I just, I started to get a panic attack essentially or what I know now is a panic attack. Like my heart started to beat really fast and I just, I couldn't sit still. So I stood up and I started pacing the room and I just started thinking like, oh my gosh, what happens if my dad goes to see a doctor and I haven't paid the bill? Will they turn him away? And what happens if my employer finds out that I don't have all his family finances together and I'm a CPA, like I was a star player at work. Could I get a demotion? Could I be fired? You know, like all this to the downward spiral of thoughts Mm -hmm. and self-talk started to take over. And so then there was this moment where I just stopped myself, honestly, and I felt like this is going from bad to worse to even worse. And so I stopped and I breathed and I had what I affectionately call a come to Jesus moment, which is funny because I'm Jewish and from New York, but it's (laughs) it's the only way I can explain it and it helps me laugh about it a little bit. But I just had this moment where I said, you know what? Like I have a choice right here in this moment. I have a choice. I can either keep avoiding, keep being overwhelmed and keep feeling so owned by my money and my bills, or I could do what I've done in other areas of my life and learn, learn how to be successful, face it. And I could own my own money by asking for help. Like there was this piece where I realized financial independence didn't mean I had to do it alone anymore. And I literally reached out to a friend right there and she came over and helped me that two, like both Saturday, Sunday that weekend. Mm-hmm. And then she came over the next weekend and it literally took six months because the mail keeps coming. <laughs> like just cause I decided to look at it didn't mean it stopped. <laughs> yeah. So I got help and I was so paralyzed. She would literally open up the bill or statement and say, Do we want me to pay this or just file this? Or like, how do I act on it? But I couldn't even write out the checks for it. I couldn't even open up the mail. Like it had just gotten so pushed me over the edge. And so I learned how to do it again. And I taught myself a money management system and a money mindset that was going to serve me now. I mean, that was when I was 28. So now for the next 20 years or so to be able to save more, to be able to have this organizational system that would keep me going and to be able to 
approach money in a way that I could own my money instead of feeling owned by it. And so that was 28 by 33. It was all working. I had bought a rental property. I had passive income from that. I had reached a million dollars of net worth at 33. And then now over 45, we've doubled that. And it all started to your point. Like what was that turning point? It all started that day at my dining room table. Wow. Hmm. It's an amazing story, Belinda. I'm so happy you shared that with us. There are so many parts of it that I can certainly relate to. And Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of our listeners can as well. So I want to circle back. Unless, Mike, is there another direction you wanted to go? No, go ahead. Okay. While it's top of my mind, I really want to pinpoint having the difficult money conversations, especially, like you said, the sandwich generation. You know, you're raising kids, and then also you might be in a position where you are supporting your parents, whether not necessarily financially, but perhaps, or certainly just like helping out. And certainly, regardless, you kind of need to know what their plan is, (laughs) because no matter whether you're taking care of them or they're living with you or whatever, like you're going to end up involved in their planning or their lack of planning. So can you talk about how to broach that conversation because money is such a taboo topic and how do you open it up so that both sides can be prepared? Because we right. don't want, so, you know, it's like, let's say your parent can't care for themselves or dies You're dealing with grief then on top of this mountain of logistics, which it sounds like you obviously experienced this. So what do you do to be a little more upstream of that? Right. So it's and prepared is the key word that I like to consider in that process. So I find that first it's about you personally coming clean with who you are with money. Mm. And so, I mean, I wrote a book called Self-Worth to Net Worth. Like it all starts on the inside and it's hard to have any conversation about money with your parents, with your partner, with your friends, with your employer until you find that place of, you know, in our case, we're calling it financial stability and wealth creation, but you find the place where you can feel worthy, where you can feel confident, you can feel like the moneymaker, I call it, and own your money. And that's where it all starts, because if you can't, then you're bringing that sense of shame, fear, guilt, all of those emotions into any conversation you're having with money. So that's going to be step one is starting to get real with yourself about your own money story, about your beliefs. And it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out process. Like one of the things that they'll get when they sign up for the webinar is this rewrite your money story. So even just how do you shift one of the pivotal moments in your own story? Because it's amazing how everything you do can harken back to one particular event that happened when you were a child. And Mm -hmm. we're generally forming our initial beliefs about money young, like four to seven. And, you know, I've found the need to get really clean with my own beliefs. And a lot of stuff has come up. (laughs) Not so pretty sometimes. You know, like I used to think that money was pain because my parents started getting divorced when I was seven. So from seven to 11, I watched them make more money than ever and just put more money into fighting. Mm -hmm. And so that was a belief that I had. And it essentially had me cap my own earning ability. And it had me just associate all things money with a certain level of pain. And if I was under a certain level, I was okay. But if I crossed it, then kind of bad things would happen. And so step one is for you to get clean with yourself. Then step two is to think through what is it that you really want to know and why. 
and and get is it coming from your own fear how do you work through that before you bring that fear to your parent or in some cases it's a spouse that people need to have a similar conversation with you know where their partner is handling their finances and they're not but like what and why do you need to be having that conversation and i find that if you can start to get that then you can learn how to start to take the emotion out of it so that you can have almost like a more factual based conversation about the future but actually a more vulnerable conversation about why it matters to you yeah and when you can come from your heart in having the conversation there's a lot less for them to be defensive against right so a lot of it comes a lot of the pushback that people get is when they're very aggressive about it like it has to be this way and this is why well it doesn't have to be anyway like they don't have to tell you but what, you know, I mean, they will be like, no, thank you, you know, but what you want is you want them to understand that, you know, this is because I want us to be prepared. I want to be able to fully support you in whatever you need. And if something terrible were to happen, then I want to be like, I can be in the grief of it if that's what I need. So it's almost like they can talk with you about it as a give back to you and as a give back to themselves instead of having it feel like it's being pushed on them. You know, and not necessarily going to this like you're going to die standpoint, but that is going to happen. Like the two things you can always count on in the U.S., you'll pay taxes and you'll die. Like that's kind of how it works. And so you're not going to get out of it. I mean, you may delay it, but so you could just have this really vulnerable conversation, but not necessarily in a pushy kind of way. Yep. And they'll really appreciate it. And I think the third one is really understanding that having them understand that this is so that you can be there for them. Like, you know, yes. that the idea, you know, goes for entrepreneurs, goes for everybody. Like everyone's thinking what's in it for me. It's a very, again, another human nature kind of thing. So if they can get that you're having this conversation to best support them and in some ways best support you to best support them, I feel like it all gets received so much better. Yeah. That's really wise advice. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the answer yeah. and it's something I've certainly thought about. I mean, both of my parents are in incredible health. They take really great care of themselves and like death is inevitable. So it's well, so it's like, okay, just to be prepared. I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but just to be prepared, you know, and Mike and I have certainly started having some of those legacy conversations now that we have a child and, you know, drawing up a will and signing all the documents so we know what would happen. It's just like, you know, it's the feeling that it's handled because the worst case scenarios do happen. Again, you don't want to compound family tragedy with a logistical nightmare. Totally. And I think the last piece is that just as most of us don't have a solid money understanding that our parents probably don't either. And right. they Correct. have even more years of shame around it. <laughs> what you know, a not great only point. has it yeah. been 20, 30, 40 years of them not knowing, it's been 50 or even 60 years of not knowing. And so, I mean, I have a friend our age and they just had their own kind of come to Jesus moment with their mom. And she is having to support her mom a little bit now with, their rental property, like a vacation property, but in the future may have to support her because she's going to run out of money. And had she had the conversation five, 10 years ago, things might've been different now because they might've helped her mom right size her spending. But it's that her mom was 
almost ashamed, I think, or just didn't want to face the facts. And I'll say that a lot of my audience spans, it's really interesting. Like each age wants to learn from me for a different reason. Like, you know, the 30 year old doesn't want to get it wrong and screw it up. And they kind of realize like I'm at a prime time to learn this stuff so that I can set myself up for success, get the benefit of compounding interest kind of thing. My 40, 50 year olds are like, I got to get this handled because I have kids that are going to need college funds. I need my own retirement. And then I have people in their 50s, 60s who are like, okay, I haven't ever learned this. Like, Mm -hmm. tell me, you know, it's not too late, but I don't even know where to start and what to do. And so then it's really like, okay, we need to focus on income. We need to focus on expenses. Like my work is very step by step so that people can feel like, yes, I can do this. It doesn't have to be so scary and overwhelming anymore. It's possible. And so I help the kids and the parents (laughs) and the partners. I mean, I even let the partners come for free, honestly, in all my courses. I love that. That's very wise of you. That is definitely a huge contribution toward world peace. Because world peace starts in the home. (laughs) And so much of family (laughs) dynamics come from issues around money. So what is the first step? So let's say, you know, I'm in my early 40s and I've been like, okay, handling my money, but I'm a little nervous that, you know, that maybe I'm spending more than I should or, you know, not making as much or whatever, maybe a little bit of debt, some savings. But what is the, do you start everybody in the first, in the same place or does it depend on who you are? And I know you have like a money IQ quiz to help mm-hmm. guide people. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Where to start? So, yeah, so I just created this money IQ quiz and it's fantastic. You know, I kind of feel like when you were creating everything for Origin and you were just so excited to release it, you're like, I put a lot of time into this. I think you're going to love it. Go check it out. That's how I felt when we, you know, opened up and published the quiz. So it's 16 questions and it can start to give you an idea of what you really know and then have you be able to start to look at and what are you really implementing? Right. Like, what are you doing in your life around these items? And so it's an easy 16 questions, takes a few minutes and it helps you to see what I've termed. Are you a thriver? Are you a survivor or are you a denier? Mm. (laughs) And so, you know, our thrivers know like how they understand money better. Our survivors are kind of in this huge middle ground where, you know, something, but you don't necessarily know enough to be able to get ahead. So you're just getting by because you're just surviving. That's kind of what, you know, all you know about money. And then the last piece, my deniers are literally denying the fact that they have a skills gap and denying likely looking at their finances. And so I'd love for everybody, again, you'll get this when you sign up for the webinar, take that quiz. And just as a reminder, ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate is where you'll get that info. I appreciate that. Yeah. And if you're in the Shift Your Money Destiny workshop, you'll get this as step one. Okay, so you start here and then you just start to get real about it. This doesn't have to be this overly scary topic, but I have to make it more approachable for you or you just won't do it. So the Money IQ quiz starts to do that for you. It starts to say, okay, what's real about your situation? Yeah, so I think that's where I would want people to start is to start with the quiz and to start to make that commitment to say, you know what, I listened to this podcast with Kate, Mike, Belinda, and I said, you know what? I can do something different. Like, let me just start. Let me take baby steps. And I'm a big believer in the small steps can lead to big shifts. So just starting to change things on a daily basis, change things on a weekly basis to be amazed even at what you can be creating over this longer term. I remember Mike just last week said, 
you, I have this literally on my wall, most overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year. Yep. Right, Mike? Yep. Do you remember that? I remember saying that. I did not yeah. invent that. No. Just no, to, I was going to say Tony point. Robbins originally said that, but Mike repeated yeah. it last week. And, um, <laughs> it was probably Jim Rohn probably originally probably. said Probably. Jim Rohn originally said everything pretty much. I was going to say it all comes back to Jim. Yeah. But anyway, I totally get it. And it doesn't say Mike Watts on my wall. It says Tony Robbins. So I got that part. But um, You can put in parentheses but, so, Mike Watts. Via. Via Mike oh, Watts. <laughs> It does say parentheses Dan Enu, who I heard say it. <laughs> so anyway, it's all good. But the point is that it's small steps you can do, but it all starts with getting real about your money. So back to your question, you know, you're in your 40s, you're doing okay. But like, let's just look at it without the judgment and shame and fear, because I believe that most people don't have a motivation problem. They actually have a skills problem. I love that because you said in the denier, I wanted to come back. I'm glad you brought it up. The skills gap. So what's so empowering about that is like, oh, it doesn't mean I suck. I just haven't learned this skill. Like for me, I know I don't know how to like, I'm not good at the grill. Like Mike does the grilling. That's just not a skill I have. But I know should I be motivated enough, I could learn to grill. (laughs) It's just a skill. So money is the same thing. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, there's so many things like I actually give an example. I call it the big money lie that we're all we're all living under. So like, let's just say you were motivated to fly a plane. You're not just going to know aerodynamics because you decided that you needed to know how to fly a plane. Like you have to learn it. Yeah. You have to learn how to fly. You have to you know, understand that just because you want to do something or you have an idea that it's possible you could do something that you're like going to wake up one day. I mean, you and I know we have these tiny toddlers like there aren't a lot of skills they were actually born with. They just have a lot of practice. Yeah. Right. They learn how to walk. They and learn enthusiasm. how to you know, run. And excitement. Exactly. They don't have any shame about learning how to no. do it. They're just like. I know. I love watching her. Penelope just like take massive spills because she just giggles and she just gets up like she'll just bite it on, the, you know, in the living yesterday. room. And then she just hops up and she's like, ha ha ha. And keeps on going. She like yeah. fell in the middle of the mall yesterday and we looked at her and she was smiling as she fell and we just you know, kept walking and she stood back up and kept, it's like amazing. Right. Right. And there's so much that we can learn from tiny people in terms of their resilience. You know, I think somewhere along the way we have it mean so much. Yes. We're meaning making machines. So it makes sense. We're all searching for meaning, but we don't have to find meaning in places that it doesn't have to be. And so (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You know, we can find meaning in the things that really matter and what we're passionate about, but we don't have to find meaning like in these certain, you know, tiny things like learning new skills. That's just something like you're here. You want to be here. And so just like if you want to learn how to cook, if you want to learn how to drive, you just need to learn how to be better with money. So that's what probably what we're going to cover on the webinar is what those essential steps are, what those major skills are to be able to build your own wealth. I want to shift gears for a second. Great. So I want to bring this into, like, I just spoke to your husband about two weeks ago mm-hmm. about working with Thank you, you for now. That. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. welcome. Well, I don't know if it was helpful, so I guess we'll see the results of what happens with Mark and Belinda. <laughs> but basically, if that works out well, based off our conversation I had with your husband, you can just put my face on your wall in the office. It's perfect. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, you can I just be like, thanks, it. Mike, you know, right next to Tony Robbins. So it's perfect. <laughs> I'll get a poster made up for you. So when you're ready to do that, it's already ready to go. I'll put it right next to my world's greatest dad for Mike Watts. Didn't you oh, want me to do that on one of them? I on like one of your that. podcasts? Yeah, the world's greatest dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
So I know you two just started working together recently, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was life like from a money – so I don't want to talk about you guys working together right now for this question. But like okay. how's the money dynamic in the household work? Like how do you guys on a weekly basis are you talking? Is it monthly? Like what's it look like in the home front? Mm. That's a great question. And I think you guys actually could probably comment on that too because I feel like you've had your own shift around it that everyone would love to hear too, just to turn the tide. And so it was an interesting, we've been married six years now, dated for about two years before that. And we've had our own interesting journey around it. Mark was married before and that, you know, plus how you grow up about money, again, has you create beliefs and expectations around how things are going to be. And I remember one of our first money dates. So I teach people how to like harness all of their panic around money and energy around money, essentially, to say, instead of thinking about it all the time and have it stress you out all the time, just set aside a time every week where you're going to sit down and look at your money. And then that way, you know, you're going to pay your bills then, you know, you're going to get things handled instead of just like putting it off, putting it off. And if you can't make your money day one week, little side tip, reschedule it, don't cancel it. Mm -hmm. So I remember we were sitting down and we're having a money date and I think it was even a Saturday night, but that was the best time that we had found to sit down and do it as a married couple, you know, kind of around. And literally he said to me, he said, I think we should videotape this. <laughs> and I was like, uh. <laughs> and this was like before Facebook Live or any of that stuff. How long and, ago was this? Oh, years, like okay. six years, five years. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, honey, why? Because <laughs> I mean, I've been teaching this for 10 years, right? So I was definitely in the own your money world back then. And he said, because we're talking about money and we're not fighting. Mm. He's like, this is like new for me, you know, like this is great. And part of it is being able to take that emotion out and understand how both of us grew up around money, understand our beliefs, understand our fears so that we can have this open, honest, regular conversation about money. And I want for everybody, when you're having a conversation with your partner, it's like as easy to say as who's dropping the kids off at school today. Yeah. How's our money going? You know, like that it just rolls off your tongue. And for my entrepreneurs, I want them to get as comfortable as like, pass the salt, pass the pepper. Here's my rate. But, you know, <laughs> that like, <laughs> it's just like you learn how to be with money in a way that you don't hold your breath right before you're talking about it. Because so many people do that. And I work with a lot of intuition and in what I do. Literally, I will tell my clients, OK, wait, time out. Just breathe. Like you just stop breathing in this topic, like, let's just talk about why that happened. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our dynamic has been about getting to know each other, understanding how we grew up and understanding how it was for him in his previous relationship, him understanding how it was for me with my dad and all of the somewhat drama, you know, that came with that so that we can approach each other for where we are today, not for where we expect the person would be. Because a lot of the I don't know if I want to say disappointment is the word, comes in somebody not meeting your expectations. Yeah. And so if you can recognize what are my expectations and how do I release the expectation and be present with them, then you actually have a shot at making this work, right? Like it is, it's become so much easier and more fun. So that's what we look to bring when we do our money dates. We do the approach with a household account. So like we each have our accounts and we each contribute to our household account and we pay our household out of that. I'm very much like a church and state person. Again, funny because I'm Jewish, but it's the only, it's the best way to explain it. So it's like we have, you know, my business is in its own separate QuickBooks and then all of my personal stuff is in its own separate QuickBooks. Within that, I have 
uh, rental property in Boston. So that has its own bank account, its mm-hmm. own credit card, its Great. own tracking. You know, we have our household that has its own so that each one is almost like a little mini business. Yeah. And we have a bookkeeper that will put it all in because we just have a lot of transactions happening in all sides of the activity. And for a lot of people, it just depends on the level. Like I'll start people off with an Excel spreadsheet. Like, let's just be real. And I even have one inside my Moneymakers Academy as like a bonus when you start that you can highlight your unconscious spending because that's Mm. a lot of it that people don't actually fully understand where all their money's going. It's like this big mystery. And so I want to have them basically demystify money, right? And end that mystery. So you write down where you think it's going and then where it's actually going. And then it helps you highlight, well, where's the differences help highlight your unconscious spending. I love that. And so once you can start to do that, then you can be able to come together as a partnership and say, okay, this is how much we spend every month. And you can make those initial changes and put things on autopilot. And I mean, we automate a lot. And that was a little uncomfortable at first, particularly for him. I love it because I want to simplify as much as I can. (laughs) And I'd rather spend my time reviewing the statement or if I see a problem calling the company instead of literally writing out a check. Yeah. So in terms of like leveraging my time and resources the best I can. So we've automated a lot, but then we make a point of looking at things. Or if I see something, we have a particularly, you know, place and time when we'll sit down and talk about it. Hey, honey, this bill looks really high this month. Or, you know, we'll just have conversations again in a way that doesn't judge the other person, but says we're in it together. Like we joke and he almost put this (laughs) engraved in the inside of our wedding ring, but one plus one equals 11. That is this this thought. (laughs) It's not that I don't know math, Mike. (laughs) You know, it's just that like, it's all how you put the numbers together. I love that. It's so true. So we do something similar. We have a money date every Wednesday. We actually record our podcast like we are right now. And then we have our money date right after, you know, I call them money love dates. And so we mm-hmm. have ours also completely separated business and personal. And then we have our needs and our wants and then savings and taxes. And so we take out money every single week, the same amount for each account from our business account and then it goes into those separate categories so that at the end of the month or at the beginning of the next month when we pay all the credit cards, there's the right amount of money in each account so we don't get surprises mm. anymore. Love it. Um, and then we reevaluate. Like today, we, we have to do, we're planning for our, we're buying this house, the right? House? So we're planning mm-hmm. for this house purchase. Like our mortgage is going to be higher than higher our rent, than our rent yeah. is right now. So we're just going to start setting aside that money now. Right. right. So we're, yeah. So we're Love redoing it. our needs numbers so that we are putting aside the right amount every single week. And for Mike and I, just, you know, for those listening, Mike and I both have the tendency to sort of be more money avoiders. So for us, having the sit down every week where we transfer the same amount of money from our business account into a separate account is really grounding for both of us, even though for some people they might be like, that's like a lot, you know, that's kind of, why do you, do, you know, you could just do it automatically. But for us, it feels really good to sit and actually do it because it keeps mm. us really present. So it's oh, kind I, of I like a mindfulness exercise. For absolutely. Both of us. And I mean, just to commend you all, like, I think that it's really important to be able to do both of us are I mean, I shared my avoider story. Like I'm clearly a recovering avoider too. And I just find that the more you can have some systems and easy structure to support you so that you can take some of the thinking about it. Like, you know, 
willpower is like always will later power. Like yeah. don't expect <laughs> yourself to have that. Yeah. Right. And so just create a little bit of structure. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a little bit. So then, you know, every Wednesday you'll sit down. We do our transfers, for instance, right at the beginning of the month, like yeah. within the first three days. And we just know then the household account is funded and everything is going to get paid. That's right. Great. And then we'll sit down periodically to talk about where it's going and all that. So I love it. And I love the practice that you've created. I mean, it's a practice, right? It's like yoga and meditation and we can make this a mindfulness practice just like those. Yeah, it it is a practice for sure. And it's been very beneficial. I mean, the whole reason we can, you know, buy this house that we're about to move into is because we started doing this a couple of years ago. It was like, a, a year, year and a ago. half ago or something. I don't know. Well, we started before that, but it was because we started paying off credit cards and all of that stuff. So really, it's been like a five or six year journey. Oh, yeah. But the real discipline of setting money aside and putting it in savings and figuring out how to, to best use the money for us. like, And we know like owning a home is not a – it's not residual income like a rental property, right? It's an expense mm-hmm. every month. So it's looking at that, but it's something that we've both desired to do. And it was just making those discipline time, like really It really is amazing what you said, Belinda, the small changes over time. It's like we sat down every single week and transferred this amount of money into the bank for savings for our house. And then when the house became available and we went to look at it and then we went to our account, like the money was there so we could buy the house. (laughs) I mean, I know that doesn't seem it, but it was like, oh, my gosh. It works like the money's in there because we transfer because it's the same thing. Like if you show up at the gym, you know, four days a week, a year from now, you will be fitter. I mean, that it's just like, oh, wow, we showed up every single week and now we have the down payment for this house. It totally works. And it's not rocket science, but it is like little bit over time, tiny steps over time. Right. It's important for people to realize that it doesn't have to be huge steps. Like, you know, if you're having trouble figuring out how to save, I'd rather have you start to save 50 bucks a week or even 50 bucks a month. Right. And let it add up and then be like, oh, you know what? I'm getting a raise. Let's raise that, you know, and to realize that that's how it all starts. I mean, it's math. It is math, (laughs) but it's also habit, getting into the habit of like, we do this every single week and it feels really like it, like I said, it feels really grounding in the same way it feels to make a home cooked meal. It's just like, okay, we live on the planet. Part of living on the planet in our (laughs) culture is using money. And so this is part of being a human being. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, you're not, I love it because you're not trying to deny it. You're just like, this is what it takes. It's like, I'm yeah. a fish, I'm in water. I should learn how to swim. Yes. You know, I think it's great. You're doing it. I think that's why automation works so well too, yes. you know, is that you, and like in some ways you have a manual habit that you sit down and you do the transfer, you know, and for some other people it's like just automated. So then that way you know that you're going to do it and you exactly. don't not do it. I feel like you two have a lot of why behind this for you. You know, like you know how important it is. I think part of it too, because you do this for a living. I feel like there's probably a little extra motivation to be clean oh, totally. from, from yeah, an integrity because people standpoint. Say like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, we do this weekly. And if I didn't have a business around this, I don't. I you know, well, we I would ha- be much we, more likely to be loosey goosey, which we have in years past. We have to. I mean, it's not like, or we get to. I should say, not that we have to, because if we just kept it automated for Kate and myself, we would just everything would be automated and we'd never look we at it. We would space out. And right. it's right. just this, at least because we are running our business. We are the ones making, you know, the, we're paying the bills, we're paying the employees, we're paying 
our team, we're paying our grocery bill, you know, so it, it makes sense for us to sit down and say, okay, well, there's $10,000 in the business checking account. Now, what's right. going to happen in the next week and a half? Like, do we have income? Do we have expenses? What's coming up? So right. creates, I, I love the practice. Yeah. It creates more yeah, conversation. But, but I there, also love the idea of automation. And, then, and there are other I, things we have that are automated. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. I, I was going to say the automated isn't necessarily for these kind of transfers. I like the practice that you're doing. I didn't mean to not the oh, yeah, no. automation is more in terms of savings in general. Yeah. Like for people to automate in their 401k deduction or automate yeah, because in because then you just don't miss it. I mean, that's, what's been really cool is that we have really reorganized our finances over the last, let's say year to 18 months, whereby we did not, you know, we reorganized and managed to set aside all this money to buy a beautiful home. And I haven't missed that money. Because mm. it's just part of the deal. Like, and so we haven't, you know, because in the past, and I'm sure you see this all the time, Belinda, you know, you make more money, so you just spend more money, and then you're you end up with the same, you know, same problem, right? Just more zeros. And so mm-hmm. that's what we were in kind of that endless loop of just, well, keep making more money, keep spending more money. And then we made this shift where we started doing these weekly transfers and It was really profound to see how we got off the loop of make more, spend Mm -hmm. more, makes more, spend more. And instead, it was make more, set more aside so that Mm -hmm. our standard of living stayed constant, more or less, with definitely some fun thrown in. I mean, we do a lot of fun things, but it was really great to just see how if you just sort of like set that money aside automatically in some way, you don't miss it. And it just feels really abundant when you go look at the account and you're like, my goodness, that really <laughs> added up. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you've also brought a sense of presence about it, which is so important. Like, you know, you're not, you're real with your numbers. Like this is the facts. This is yeah. what's in, this is what's yeah. out. So we need to spend. And a lot of people are in so much denial about it, right? Our deniers yep. that they're not taking those moments to look weekly, to look monthly, even to look annually, you know, and particularly you have a lot of business owners that they're, I mean, I'll ask a business owner oftentimes, well, how much money did you make? Did you earn? And did you profit last year? And they won't necessarily know, right? Or they'll be like, um, let me go look at my tax return or like this year, how is it going so far? Right. You're almost at the halfway point. And they'd be like, and I'll be like, right. Right. Well, we just need to sit down because, you know, it's hard to run a business and to know if it's even working if you don't have good records around this. Right. And if you're not tracking your money. And so to harken back to a question you'd ask me, kind of where do you start? You know, the 40s, you got to start with the what's the real part with the money IQ. You want to look at your own money story. And then we need to have you get real with your numbers and like, you know, understand your mindset, you're earning, you're tracking, you're spending and you know, all these different pieces. And we'll talk through all that on the webinar. So I'll give you the step by step. Awesome. That's awesome. And I just want to add one note to listeners that are here. It's like what Kate and I just talked about. It's like a success that we've had in the last year and a half. And, you know, it's putting money aside, et cetera. But that hasn't stopped me. Like, I still have my own, my old patterns like that come up. You know, it's like the belief around money or that there's not going to be enough or whatever that is that I learned when I was like a kid you know, that has been and carried with me through my life, like that still comes up all the time. So it's something where I have to change that story and continually. And hopefully one day, it'll eventually maybe go away. You know, it's like, and I don't know if you've seen that with people, your clients you've worked with, but it's like that story that I've carried along for so long still plays into that, even as we're making more money, even though we're saving more money, and we have more money, like we have more of a cushion in the bank and stuff like that. 
it's still my old habits still arise. Put it that way. Right. So I'll come in just for a moment if you're open to it, Mike. I mean, it's very normal. I think part of this learning is being more aware of it. Right. So it's like when you meditate, your mind may wander, but you just bring yourself back. So the more aware that you can get of what that belief is and why it's there, then you can start to disassociate from it. And you can start to say, oh, you know, thank you for sharing. Like, okay, I got it. This is where I'm getting pushed. This is where I go. I'm going to choose a different response. And so what ends up happening is that when we don't have an awareness of that and we don't recognize that it's this underlying belief that's driving that pattern, we keep repeating the pattern and we get very stuck in the pattern. And I'm imagining because you've drank the money, love Kool-Aid and you're in this all the time, you have much more of an awareness of what that is so you can adjust and course correct a lot faster. And that's what I'd like to see our listeners be able to do too. And then it does work that eventually that story doesn't control you anymore. It's just a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So beautiful. I have a follow-up question to the working with your husband now. What, (laughs) like, because you've had your business for how long? 10 years. And these were kind of questions he asked me as well. So I just want to ask you, because Kate and I started working together (laughs) as she had her business. So... You've had your business for 10 years. You've been married for six, you know, and then you just started working together in the last six months. Is that correct? Is it that? Uh, No, no. Much more recent than that, actually. Like, what's that like for you? Because now you're kind of sharing. I wouldn't say sharing the spotlight's not the right word, but it's like you're, you know, you're doing more things together. Yeah, of course. He's sitting right here now, too, which is just so funny. We should do a joint podcast sometime. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Or or at least a dinner sometime. So, (laughs) okay, let's see. So I feel like for me, I mean, it's been interesting. It's super recent. And I have, uh, you know, both of us are talking with a lot of people who do it and do it successfully because I absolutely believe that if you want to learn something, go to people who are doing it well, shorten your own learning curve. So I've spoken with other people and they, a lot of people have cautioned me, you know, in terms of like, good luck, it's tough. And so I think knowing that that could be the case, the two of us are really taking your lead. I remember Kate and I talked about this a while ago in terms of communication being really important and oh my Lord, we're already finding that. So I totally amen to that, Kate. And I think that the part that's the most fun for me so far is feeling like we're taking what has been a marriage partnership to now be a partnership in this course that is I'm so passionate about, you know, and like does so much for the world. And, you know, in that idea of like one plus one equals 11, like coming together, we can have this exponential impact. I'm so excited about what that's going to mean for Own Your Money and how us coming together can also help our clients and our students and really just like, I mean, you know, go big. We're looking, you know, two to four times what we did last year. That's really beautiful. That's great. Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Well, we really love working together most days. So congrats. (laughs) (laughs) It is not for the faint of heart, but for those that it works for, like, I think it's really beautiful. I was reading Danny Shapiro's new book, hourglass and she'll be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. And in it, there's this thread about in a marriage that you need a third thing. Like if the marriage Mm -hmm. is going to work, you need a third thing. And for many people, it's their kids. But then like the kids grow up and (laughs) leave. So then so many people like their kids leave and they're like, oh, who are you? Um, And so I think a business can be a beautiful third thing if that's right for you. 
And so congrats <laughs> on having a new third thing in addition to your kiddos. Uh, <laughs> maybe a fifth thing, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah the, it is the, the fifth thing. thing yeah. But right. I mean, we have a two and a three-year-old, so that's why I said that. So but um, yeah, well, thank you for that. Congratulations. I mean, I think it's going to be a learning experience, right? And we're open to it and we're just, you know, we're really trying to pull to each other's strengths. And he knows me so well that I feel like that can also just help me make faster decisions in the business. And he'll be like, okay, I can tell your energy is here. Let's go this way. And I feel like kind of Mike has a bit of a take on you that way too, from what I can hear. So it's, I'm excited to kind of see just how everything can move that much faster and easier with Mark involved. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I just want to remind listeners to head over to ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate for the webinar that Belinda and I are going to co-teach about the four simple steps for financial stability and wealth creation. And then, Mike, do you want to ask your final question? Yeah, I think this fits perfectly with our conversation today. What do you want your funeral to be like, Belinda? Oh, yeah. Let's see. You know, it's so funny. I hear you ask this question every week and I'm like, oh, what is my answer? (laughs) I I mean, I I think that essentially like I want people to share almost like the impact that I've made for them and have everybody realize that we're all heading in the same direction. Mm. Like we're all looking to be better, more present, more like more of who we want to be in the world, living the life that we want, not the life that somebody else wants for us, but the empowered life that we've wanted ourselves to live and kind of everyone be like, oh, really? She did that for you. She did that for me, too. You know, and just have like a big celebration around me, but really more about around who they have become in the process. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you. I Thank thought you, you said when you said we're all heading the same direction, it's like, yeah, we're all dying. <laughs> yep. Just, we're, we're realizing that. It's yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I, I, yeah. It's real. Yeah, I like it's it. Real. It's like, real. Where is that? Oh my gosh. Well, Belinda, this was so much fun. Thank you for joining us. For those listening to learn more about Belinda, obviously go over to ownyourmoney.com and to sign up for our webinar and the Shift Your Money Destiny workshop, go to ownyourmoney.com forward slash Kate. So thanks, Belinda. And we'll see you all next time for the Kate and Mike show. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.